You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week we recorded this right before the new year but it is the annual year-end wrap-up episode with my buddy blake wyland from the tone mob podcast i love his show it's it's supposed to be gear centered for musical gear but he has morphed it into something that is taken on a life of its own and he goes all over the place with these guests, pedal makers, guitar makers, musicians, everything. Um, lets things flow naturally. Every once in a while, it's about gear. And I love that he says that it's about guitar gear occasionally, sometimes. Um, but that is his niche, and he does a really good job with it. I love the show and love getting to hang out with Blake whenever I can. And in, unfortunately, this year, we hadn't seen each other since the last episode uh, in 2022. So... Uh, this has become, I think this is the third year in a row we've done this. So like all of our shows, it goes all over the place. Supposedly a year-end wrap-up, we do some of that, but we also go off on tangents and all that jazz. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Check out the Tone Mob podcast when you get a chance, and uh, let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. Uh, we also have the uh, Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group, and we have the YouTube channel, which I'm still on the fence with, but we have the YouTube channel. Uh, you can subscribe to us over there. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. 
only takes a few minutes, really helps the show. If you're listening to it on Spotify, give us a rating, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying this thing. We also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. There you get the old videos of the episodes, the ad-free feed, as well as the past cast. All right, guys, uh, let's get into this one. This is uh, the third annual year-end wrap-up with Blake Weiland from the Tone Mob podcast for 2023. What's that you say? I knew you when you don't look too much like my friend. Those history books filled up with crooks. Stories I Why is it so flat? Uh, because it helps cut down on the crossbleed. Crossbleed. Crossbeeding. Yeah, I always struggle with that a little bit when I'm doing in persons because I'm not used to it. I'm not used to having to think about it. This is strange. Yeah, but I think we're good as long as I can see. Yeah, the green meter going on the right garage band. Yeah, still keeping it real. That's right. (laughs) You know I do. I I build on Garage Band when it. It screwed up on me at one point. Oh, I've never had it mess up on Dude, me. Dude, really. I got an update or something, or no, no, I got a new laptop. And for some reason, any file I dumped into GarageBand would give me like five or 10 seconds and it mm. was fast forwarded, like double or triple speed. Weird. And I could not figure it out. I said, now's my time. I got to figure out a different, or they're called DAWs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, audition audition because I had the easiest videos to watch. Yeah. And that was uh, I've been on that ever since. I, I, like I have uh, Studio One. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working with it a little bit more. Actually, hold on. I should just do my intro. What are we doing here? Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast. I'm your host, Blake Weiland. And with me today, I have returning for another year end wrap up episode Mr. Dewey Halpas from the Pure Pleasure Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts and one of my favorite hosts and one of my favorite dudes. So oh, we're shucks. back in the shred shed hanging out. 
Hell yeah. This yeah. is awesome. This has uh, become a tradition. I like this tradition. I do. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great catching up and um, coming back to the shed. Yeah. Been here a few times now. I did an interview here once. You did. It was Adrian from No Ad- Doubt. That's pretty. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that was awesome. And um, yeah, that was by far the weirdest interruption I've ever had on an episode. Was his episode because he he had to stop the interview for a second to go let in the grandfather clock mechanic. That's right. I forgot about that. And I thought <laughs> that's a messed up. Like, is he serious? And the dude comes in and starts working on the grandfather clock right there on the video. Like, all right. One of the weirdest things. I don't know. We can start with this because this is like, I just had a Kat Von D episode come out and she had a squirrel crawling on her the entire time. What? A squirrel. She's got a pet squirrel she and a hairless a cat. Squirrel? So the whole interview, there's a squirrel climb. Like everything's normal. Like we start out, like she had hit me up her publicist, hit me up through a publicist to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Like, yeah, sure. I'll have her on. Like, it was like, I didn't even thought about it. We get on. She's like, hey, I really don't want to talk about like the religion stuff because that's all I've been talking about lately. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So we're good. Yeah. Everything's normal. She's got a cat sitting there. I'm like, okay, a hairless cat. That seems like a Kat Von D thing. To yeah. Have. Yeah. I mean, the goth thing mm-hmm. with the, the hairless cat is a thing. It's a it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, take it how you will. But 15, 20 minutes through the interview, a squirrel comes across <laughs> on her shoulder <laughs> and I'm taken back for a second because I'm like, this, that's a squirrel. And she just lets it go. It goes across her back, across, the, you know, down to her shirt. And she's like, then she starts just caressing it. And I'm like, that's a squirrel. Right. You have a pet squirrel. I didn't say, I didn't want to mention anything. So the whole time in the video, you can kind of see me like, hmm. Threw me off through the whole interview. Of course, there's a the squirrel whole on somebody. Time, there's it's a squirrel. not a cat. It's not a puppy. No. It's not even a gerbil. It's, it's a squirrel. It's not even legal, probably. I don't know. Like it, it, But a squirrel, of all things. The cat I understood. Yeah. A dog barking in the background. Sure, a snake. A squirrel, though, and just petting it, and it's just loving her. She must have raised this squirrel from birth. Like, how do you know. get a squirrel? I know she lives in Illinois now or somewhere, uh, or uh, Indiana. Indiana? Yeah, Indiana. But weirdest thing I've seen on video yeah. so far, and that's what the Adrian thing came up with, because I was thinking about the other. What's the weirdest interruption? This wasn't an interruption. It's something I couldn't really mention because I didn't want to be rude. But it freaked me out for a second. Like, this is so strange. Do you want to know the weirdest thing that I've had? I would love to. Um, so I won't say who it was. And and there's no way that the audio listeners would know. And I didn't publish the video for a very clear reason here momentarily. You'll see why. <laughs> uh, I had a gentleman on screen. He was using his phone doing with the Riverside app because just that's just how all some people have. Mm-hmm. And uh, great conversation. Honestly, fantastic conversation. And this interview is published. So um, all I'm saying is it was a gentleman. It could have been anybody. (laughs) Went into the bathroom while on the phone with me. Looking at the camera the whole time. Sets the camera up. I'm like, he's not about to do what I think he's about to do, is he? Just straight up. (laughs) Sits down on the throne. (laughs) 
<laughs> and continues talking to me as if nothing weird is going on at all. Does his just dropped one. Does his business. <laughs> cleans up. Pulls his pants back on. Goes back out to where he was recording in his backyard. Like as if nothing had happened at all. And didn't once break conversation so that I, I didn't even have to like. <laughs> or I got Yeah, or I got <laughs> I was like, I feel like this is like a little bit of a, I think he just flexed on me a little bit. He did. Yeah. He was testing you out. He was testing me out, seeing if I would break. Uh And I feel like I did good. I was like, nah, I'll play your game. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I was just like, yeah, this is normal. This is what everyone does. I wish you were mobile because then you could have gone out to your backyard and squatted in the backyard and just did it that <laughs> and way. And just like, hey. Where he's at. I see how. Meet him where he's at. I see how we're playing this or game. Or hit him where they ain't is what they <laughs> say. Right. Dude, that's yeah. messed up. Yeah. Eye was, contact and everything. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he could see me. So he knew we were on video. I told him we're recording audio and video. Just so you know, mm-hmm. I tell everybody before we get started that I'm recording both. I said, I mostly publish audio. I do record the videos and one day I will publish them. <laughs> and so, you know, it was. Uh, you should have laid out the rules as one and two, like and number two. I will release these. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds like he released it. dude. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's and funny. you know what? This is uh, similar to what we talked about last year. So you've had you've had quite a year. You've been you've been doing all kinds of stuff. So like I think last time we actually hung out was outside of uh, well the Jupiter Hotel. I guess technically was uh-huh. where we were. Uh, no, then we went into the lobby. It's a two parter. Yeah, <laughs> the two parter. No, the two parter. The two parter. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, we did that, and that's the last time we actually hung out, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Ironically. I released that episode with Yvette that we did on January 1st of this year. So was it, was it almost Part a year? Six. Was it almost a year ago that we recorded then? Yeah, it was December, like this week after Christmas. Okay. Wow. came through. Yeah. We went and recorded, got kicked out, went in the Jupiter Hotel. I found out what the Limp Bizkit was. Mm-hmm. But still, I found that video the other day, which was pretty funny. <laughs> because she kept filming like a... It zooms in on my face uh-huh. and oh my God, so gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was January 1st. Mm-hmm. Cause I look back, I was looking back through episodes this year in preparation for this, trying to remember what I had. And that was, I was like, oh man, okay. All the that young part six. It's how it's weird how all of this runs. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi, we're recording, Hi. dude. Oh, sorry. I forgot to flip the sign, I think, or you didn't look at it. We did. It, you forgot to flip. Oh, sorry, boys. Can you flip it? Yeah. All right. Bye, fellas. <laughs> Is that your boy that was in the in the uh, Chase Bliss audio commercial? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's that's curr- Vincent. That's Vincent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He's seen. currently in. Uh, I just did a, a Maris one with him like a month ago. It's still running. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "What are we doing it on?" And it's that reverb pedal I was mm-hmm. showing you earlier. And I was like, "Do you want to run your voice through?" The pedal. He was like, yes. <laughs> so he was so excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that Yvette Young episode was was fun. Um, she's always so accommodating with that stuff. I know. And one of the best. Like, that's one of the few people you and I have had on, like, multiple times. The same person. Mm-hmm. And then together. 
Was that your third or fourth time having her? It was my third. Okay. It was. It was my third. The first time we recorded with our cell phones Mm -hmm. in their van. In the rain. In the rain. And then the second time was during the depths of lockdown when she challenged me to do the longest episode I've ever done. Mm -hmm. She didn't quite make it. I was like, I do this for a living. Yeah. I'll keep going all yeah. day long. We got like three and a half hours, I think. Uh-huh. So still a long episode. I don't it might have been the longest episode I've ever recorded. I've had people on and we ended up talking longer than mm-hmm. that. Um, I think my longest single conversation that wasn't in person was with my friend uh Devon. Devon Whitaker is his mm-hmm. name. He's been on the podcast a couple times too. Um Again, during the depths of lockdown, I had a five and a half hour long phone conversation with him. And and I walked like 27,000 steps. Because you pace. Yeah, yeah I, I, pace I always too. pace. Yeah. And so it was like, I was like, look at the phone. I was like, I did have things to do today, but apparently uh, not more important than this. He's like, yeah, same. I yeah. definitely had projects I was supposed <laughs> to be doing. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite people. He'd be an interesting, he, like he's not a massive, massive musician or anything, but he has a pretty decent following. He, I'd be really curious to hear what a conversation between you and him would be like. Dude, Yeah. the weird thing I try to describe to people is with what we do is, yes, you're having a conversation, but it's got to be entertaining or right. at least captivating in some way because otherwise you're just... For example, if I'm sitting somewhere like an airport and two people are having a conversation, I'm just like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I hate that. Or mm-hmm. someone's like on their phone chatting in a store or whatever. I'm just like, just wait till you're out of the store. It's never interesting or entertaining. But to be able to do that and have it be entertaining or interesting is is the challenge. Right. To doing something like this. And and who's to say anyone's going to enjoy any of this. But um to have people respond to it in a positive way is pretty crazy. So that's literally all you're doing is talking to somebody. I mean, you're, you're throwing ideas out there and stuff, but like you're just talking. You're just talking. It's funny it's to, to frame it through that lens because I'll put on podcasts mm-hmm. at the airport. Good example. So I don't hear other people talking, yeah. but I'm putting on people talking to hear people to not hear people talking. <laughs> it's like bathing before you get in the swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're supposed to do it. Not everybody does it, but it's kind of redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. Or sitting, sitting under a waterfall in a swimming pool and letting the water run all over you while you're in the water, completely engulfed in water. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar thing where, uh, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, trying to have a conversation that's entertaining to someone else is super strange. Well, I don't think about it either, but subconsciously, probably. I think about it a little bit because if I'm not having a good time myself in the conversation, then I know for a fact that n- nobody else is going to be either. Like I don't feign excitement mm-hmm. when I'm doing this. It's it's all real. I just I just am talking and what comes out comes out. So if you hear me sound bored on an interview, I probably am a little bit bored and mentally looking for something not boring to shift to. And maybe that thing is just not boring to me and it's boring to everyone else. I don't know. But either way, we have to be engaged in the conversation to make it work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Because yeah. if it was just like if we were just, you know, hi, Dewey. So 
you're back here. I wish you weren't. You know, like that. Like nobody would want to listen. That'd to actually that. be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, It'd make it like between two ferns type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess would maybe wish that more could people work. Did stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That stuff's so funny. When they when they like, yeah, just a disaster of an interview. There's that one kid. Who is he interviewing? Kill Switch Engage or whatever, like the worst interview ever. It's on YouTube. And he forgets like two of the guys' names. Like he forgets record. Like he was doing an actual interview, like for something where he should have known those things, you know? And it's just like they're making fun of him and like, yeah, I wasn't even in the band then or whatever. Like, (laughs) and he's just like, oh, okay. So what about this, you know? I could never go into something with a with a with a agenda like that. That's one thing I admire that people do, or they can get that kind of information out of people, mm-hmm. where they have to get a certain thing or digging for it. I prefer the surprise of having uh, things go naturally. When, for sure. when I'm talking to somebody, it sounds kind of weird to say, but I've said this before. I do research, especially if I'm not hyper familiar with them Mm -hmm. and like a publicist reached out or something. I definitely do like, oh, let me dig into this a little bit and listen to their music and like whatever the vibe is. Mm -hmm. But I also purposely don't do too much because I want my questions to be real. I don't want to ask the same questions I've been asked a million times. And you do run the risk of that a little bit when you don't listen to more interviews. But I also want my questions to be an actual question that I want to know the answer to. I don't want to be asking a question that I already know the answer to unless I'm looking for them to expand on something that I already know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I heard you. You played this guitar on this record, but there's something else going on there, too. What is that? Like, did you have a split coil set up? Like, what's going on? You know, like Mm -hmm. there might be something like that. But I always try to have my questions come from like a real place. Like if there's a song I really love, I won't. Ask, I won't try to find out too much about it. If I know I'm going to talk to the person, I'll be like, mm-hmm. man, this song is really killer. I love the lyrics. Like what was going through your head when you were doing that? And maybe they've answered that question 40 times. Maybe they haven't. Most of the time they haven't though. Mm-hmm. So I just try to let it be things I'm genuinely curious about. That's, yeah. that's my approach. You have to be genuinely mm-hmm. curious or it won't work. Mm-hmm. And then it just, yeah, it just doesn't come across. Yeah. Cause you figure, <laughs> Hey, you're just regurgitating whatever's on the teleprompter. And that's yeah. just like, we got mainstream media for that. I don't need to be participating in that. <laughs> like, that's not what people are here for. And yeah, it's also weird how my show is. Uh, yours has always been what it's been. And of course, you've like developed your skills over the years. And, and we all I like to think we all try to get better at whatever we're mm-hmm. doing. But my show started with like this gear concept. And I and I'm sure that there's some level of people who go there expecting, you know, the premier guitar rig rundown on every mm-hmm. episode. And they're like, why is this guy talking about cheese? Like what's going on? <laughs> but to me, that's part of like, I have to keep the conversation interesting to me. I do want to know what pedals are using and everything, but like, if I can tell that person doesn't really want to talk about that stuff or like, oh, I do it all in Kemper and there's nothing else to talk about. We're just going to have to talk about other things, mm-hmm. you know, and like processes and what people think or their business. I don't know. I just let it be kind of a reflection of of where where I am as a person. And that maybe is a little bit of false advertising, considering it's like, look, a guitar, you know, <laughs> but well, you say that at the beginning, you know, it's about guitar stuff occasionally. Sometimes that's why I had to pretty, pretty yeah. consistently on that where it's like, yeah, all right. I had to do that. I felt like I had to just get that out of the way right in the beginning. 
Um, I used to have like this longer intro for the first episode or two. I don't even remember. It was like some long rambly thing that mm-hmm. didn't need to happen. And then I for many years, it was the show about guitar tone and the people behind it, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But also, I think still lended itself to people imagining it was going to be a rig rundown. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was I took the goofier like occasionally, sometimes like we'll talk about guitars. Sure. We're also not going to talk about guitars. as yeah. well. So. Hopefully people latch on to that. But yours has always been wherever the conversation is, is where it goes. I had to figure that out. I feel like you just naturally knew that's what needed to happen. I did not. No? I, it's just <laughs> how it, it's just, I, I had this like, it, I don't know. I, I, I probably talked about this before, but I, I've had like, when I started the podcast, my cousin came down, we were out to dinner. He's like, so what is this going to be? Just like you talking to musicians all the time. And I was like, uh, I guess. I mean, I'll just talk to whoever. And uh, it was like, what are you going to talk to him about? I was like, I don't know. Okay. Sounds awesome. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I would do like pages of notes, questions, all that stuff. And it was like, man, I just didn't use them. Mm-hmm. But I did it every time. It's like, I got to do my due diligence. I'm going to run to someone who just doesn't talk and well, it's going to be terrible. It just didn't happen. I just kept doing it. It's like, this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather just keep a clear head and just kind of go into it. And that's the way it worked. And it just started happening that way. And it was just like, uh, it was like episode 50 something with Jeff Rickley. He's like, those are your notes? Yeah. You didn't use them. Yeah, I guess I never do. It's like, why do you have them? Like, I don't know, Jeff. (laughs) And now, even now I had them on this year. I was like, dude, you were the one who like got that over the, like that aha moment Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh. Yeah. So it was episode like 50 before you ditched the notes. Yeah, it was at the Roseland, the same room where we met. And the tour manager had the Thursday dove on the door. It said, podcast in progress. Mm -hmm. I saved it. It's like, all right, I'm going to bring you back to see Jeff now. And I'm like, cool, man. Thanks. So this is Jeff Rickley. I was like, yes, I know. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Hey, Jeff, let's do this. And that's just what it was. And we went into some dark, dark places on that one Mm -hmm. because he was, I think, 50 days sober. Of heroin. So he was still processing it and it got wild. I need to listen to that first one. I had no idea. The the new one, but I haven't listened to the the first one. I got to go back. I wasn't prepared for it. There's a couple times this happened where I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen. I had to just react in live time. And that was, it was him and I in a room, just the two of us in person. And he starts talking about stuff. I was like, you were addicted to heroin? And it was like this whole like, what? Wow. Like the Jeff Rickley I know was addicted to heroin. I didn't know that. And uh, he was still like, yeah, he was fresh off the, uh, f- still fresh into his sobriety. And I almost felt like, asked him after, was like, you sure you want to put this out there? Cause like, it was pretty brutal. But yeah, he was, he was very up to talk about it. He got very, his whole voice changed. Everything changed when he started talking about that stuff. And same thing now, like even, you know, a few months ago when I had him back on, he starts talking about that stuff. He gets the whole voice changes. And that's what I was telling him in his book that I think if he does the audio book, he should read it, mm-hmm. but he should do it at different times of day to where when he's talking as the addict, like stay up till three in the morning and then read a chapter and have your voice be kind of how it is at that hour, a little distra- distressed, you know, and then, and the good stuff. Do it at like 10 a.m. when you're feeling good about yourself and mm-hmm. feeling good about the day. And 
to give that inflection on the voices. I don't know if he'll do it, but um, that kind of stuff comes to my head sometimes when we're talking. But yeah, that was when it was like, this is just what we're going to do. Like, this is whatever comes up, comes up. And uh, I had a slightly similar experience. It was like episode, but it was early for me. I think it was episode seven, maybe. I think that's the first Robert Keeley interview, which is still to this day, some people's favorite. I actually reposted it within the last two years just because I was like, I know there's a lot of people that have never heard this and aren't mm. going to go clear back in the feed to find it. <laughs> um, but every, like when I post like in my group or whatever, uh, anywhere, when I ask what people's favorite episode is, that one almost always comes up. And it's one of the first ones I did. Uh, and that was when Keeley was recently sober mm -hmm. and he was addicted to to pills mm -hmm. for a long time and there's pictures of him he'll post this stuff like he, he i think that was his first time being really publicly open about it but mm -hmm. he's since been very open about it in other places too yeah and he'll, he'll post pictures from back when he was addicted and well i mean i guess back when he was using um and it was it's crazy to see him now it's like whoa yeah, you were skinny, but I didn't know that's why you were so skinny. Like, and, and then it was like right at this weird time in the internet where it's like, I think Keely started making a name for himself with his compressor and everything probably around 2003. Mm -hmm. I think he was working on it before then, but that's probably around the time that I started getting to the gear forums and mm -hmm. finding out, like hearing the name Keely pop up. Cause I remember when I was getting ready to interview him, I was like, well, I'm going to interview Robert Keeley. Mm -hmm. You know, there in pedal circles, he's like, you know, royalty in some mm -hmm. ways. And we've since become friends. He's been here. It's it's wild. I That's another sidetrack. But like he came out here before it was like it is now. And he was like, wow, this is a lot of pedals. And I was like, oh, no, Robert Keeley thinks I have a lot of pedal pedals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he started opening up out of nowhere about his addiction. Yeah. And I didn't, I had no idea. I was like, oh, I thought this was a show about guitar pedals. Mm -hmm. What do I do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. And I just rolled with it. I just like, obviously he wants to talk about mm -hmm. this. So I, I just decided to see where it went and that's happened a few times since. And it's a lot less jarring that once I got mm -hmm. that out of the way, it's like, I can, I don't have any personal experience with that, but mm -hmm. I can, I can talk about it. Um, that's like that right there is the key. You learned something that day. You got a new skill. Like you, what if you would have shied away from that? Like, Oh, we probably shouldn't talk about this or change the subject. That's the one thing Blake. I hate it more than anything in the world is the changing the subject when someone gets uncomfortable thing and it's the host doing it. It's not telling the story, but you can tell they're uncomfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, so yeah, the, you know, they change the subject. Right. And the person's kind of left there like, wow, I just put myself out there and you just, it's like the, the, what do they call it? When you call someone on the phone immediately it goes to voicemail because they hit the button. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, we don't swear on this show, so I'm not going to say what it's actually <laughs> called, the, the B word button. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a phrase like, mm -hmm. like you just got snubbed. Right. It's kind of like that where like they opened that. up to you and it's like, a lot of the stuff we talk about, people pay very good money to people to sit and listen to them talk about it as therapists. But when someone does that and they need to change the subject, it happens to Fat Mike all the time. 
he's driving me nuts because he'll also get uncomfortable because he start talking about his weird, weird eccentricities. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, anyway, so that chord you played on this song, it's like, dude, the reason he keeps bringing this stuff up because no one will talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. Talk to him about it. What is it going to hurt? Right. You know, or if someone, yeah, if someone puts something out there that's kind of deep and the person feels weird. No fault to the host, I guess. The host is uncomfortable, but I, I hate it. Right. When I hear it, I'll just shut it off usually because mm-hmm. I'm just like, you lost it. You completely lost the, the plot. Yeah, I understand some degrees of it depending on the context of the show. But in the more conversational based stuff, I mean, it's hard to, when somebody when somebody wants to talk about something. You know, I, I get this all the time. People are like, oh, I forgot this. I'm supposed to be talking about guitars. I wasn't supposed to talk about my aunt dying or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, you can talk about whatever you want. Like, if it gets somewhere that I think is a little bit too far for this audience, maybe we'll we'll rein it back in. But that's never really happened. Mm-hmm. So like, but you're clear about that at the beginning of an interview. True. Yeah. Like, hey, can I swear on this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can. Try to do it too much because I'm probably going to edit it out of there because mm-hmm. my audience, you know, I want just, kids to be able to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You don't want to marginalize yourself, like, which I understand. And it makes complete sense. Uh, but you're clear about that. Like when the first time I came on the show, we were already buddies. Right. But you're like, hey, here's how it works. Uh, here's how we're recording. Uh, try to use profanity. Um, if you need this, this and this, like you get very clear at the beginning of the interview of what's kind of expected. Mm hmm. So there's some ground rules laid down. So I don't think people would be surprised if things got re- rained back. But um, but at the same time, if somebody really like wants to talk about something that's really important to them and it, yeah. and it's slightly uncomfortable or even very uncomfortable and not necessarily going to stop them. Mm-hmm. If it turns out like, wow, you really went into depth about that axe murder. Mm-hmm. Um like I might have to sit back. I'll just let them know when I wouldn't stop it. I guess my point is I don't stop at mid conversation. Yeah. I let it go. And if I, and I'll make a mental note of it. And if I think it's too much, which hasn't really, I can't remember when it's happened mm-hmm. really, but I know it, I know it has. I'll either listen back to it myself and I'm like, Oh, it's actually not, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Like, or that bad's not even the right way to say it. it's like, it's not as intense as I thought it was. Yeah. I'm going to leave that in. What if it's something that I feel like they needed to, they wanted to talk about, even though it's not necessarily within the traditional bounds of what I've kind of laid out, but it's important. I'll still leave it in, Mm. you know, but I do, you know, I've kind of set some expectations sort of accidentally uh, from the beginning of like where the levels it will get to. And I try to stay within those, but Mm. at the same time, somebody wants to talk about something. Let's go. Like, let's see what's, let's see what's there. And those things, are the things oftentimes that people like when like I always reference this one because it was the weirdest one. But like Yvette talking about her like sleep paralysis, paralysis demons mm-hmm. and stuff. And like you and several other people was like, this must be public because that was Patreon mm-hmm. only. Like I was like, well, yeah, I think you're right. If I've got five people that uh, out of the at the time, like maybe 60 people that have listened to it telling me this must be public. Mm-hmm. Then I, it probably needs to be public, right? Because who knows how many other people maybe have something like that happen into them and they've never heard of sleep paralysis before. Mm-hmm. And they're just wondering what this black thing is crawling through their door every night and they're just freaked out. Yeah. Gives them a starting place. Or That's what's so shocking to me about the show, not to like put more gravitas on it than it deserves. But like I know you've had this experience of people hearing about things 
from people. They they went in wanting to hear a conversation with Jeff Rickley because I'm a big Thursday fan. Oh, I didn't know he was going through that. My cousin's going through the same thing. And now I understand it better mm-hmm. because I actually heard it through through somebody that I respect enough to give the time to. Um, and uh, I know that my position and like, I guess, heart, for lack of a better term, has softened over the years of hearing people tell those stories. Like I definitely was way harsher when I was a kid, like, Mm -hmm. ah, come on, get over it. So dumb, Mm -hmm. so dumb. And like hearing more and more people's stories about like what it's really like, those kinds of things hit me really hard now. I'm like, wow, you know, I can see people as people more, Mm -hmm. even if I don't know who they are, which is, I give honestly give credit, not just to, to, my show or your show, but like podcasting in general mm-hmm. has done that for me in a lot of ways, like humanizes people more. Yeah. It's cataloging humanity. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, uh, uh, <laughs> a Dewey decimal system of, uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to elementary school, um, man of missed humanity, up, missed opportunity for the podcast. Yeah. Do the Dewey, Dewey, decimal, Dewey system. decimal system. Uh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> Did you have any conversations like that th- this year that blew your mind or that you weren't prepared to to handle? Not really. Uh, I mean, I say that it's hard to remember everything and like when, sure. when it actually occurred. Um, but I did have some really insane conversations, like nothing that like I was like, oh, whoa, this is like some sort of life changing thing. It was just like crazy stories. Like I just had the guy on uh, that runs true vintage guitar and he's got stories of like tracking down like sunburst Gibsons in South Africa. And so I was like, what? This yeah. is crazy. I like, heard that one. I was going to bring that up because yeah. that was a cool episode. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like the deepest conversation, but it's like, that's wild. This mm-hmm. is your life. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Like Dealing with the family and mm-hmm. they thought he was scamming them or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all the way to South mm-hmm. Africa and having to ship it back or take it back. Mm-hmm. And so much money. So much. Yeah. In- insane yeah insane but like the honestly one of my best episodes of the year i i didn't even talk that much on which is some of the best ones sometimes is uh with guitar youtuber phil mcknight it was on just this month Mm -hmm. we went like three and a half hours and he that actually it wasn't stuff i wasn't prepared to talk about necessarily but he had some tragedy in his life that i think nobody knows about like he Mm -hmm. didn't reference it specifically on uh, on purpose but i didn't I could, I knew what he was talking about. He talked about his family was in, I'll just use his words. Do you remember the nineties? There was an SUV that was doing a lot of rolling over Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. lot of lawsuits because of it. He was in one of those Mm. and some of his family died. Some of them were seriously injured. And this was like at like kind of a weird turning point in his, in his career. I don't think very many people know that. Mm. And he's one of like probably the most one of the most popular like gear specific guitar YouTubers out there. I don't think most of his audience knows that story. And so like hearing that, I didn't know it. I, well, I should say I knew a little bit of it because we talked mm. about it in other contexts. But like hearing him lay it all out in the, the story of how he got to where he is. Some people, I mean, everyone does this with every content creator. I, I don't like that guy or I like this person, but not this person. But like at the end of the day, if you sit down and talk to all these people, you probably like most of them, actually, mm-hmm. even if their personality is like <laughs> a little abrasive or a little bit like much. Yeah. 
you probably like him. And Phil, I don't know why, but some people are like, oh, I don't like Phil. I'm like, well, you're dumb. Phil's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you don't like his style, that's one thing. But like, he's a great dude who provides a lot of value. Mm-hmm. But I think even if people who maybe are on the fence about his content, listen to that episode, they'll probably have their, their minds changed about who he is as a dude. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that was a, that was I was so excited to get that one out there and <laughs> coincidentally probably going to be my most downloaded episode, even though it was only out a few, <laughs> few weeks ago. <laughs> what, what about you? That. Obviously you had a, you had a squirrel that you interviewed um, yeah, squirrel vicariously. I think I'm pretty sure this one happened this year. I think it was way early in the year. What's going on guys. This is Dewey from peer pleasure. And I want to tell you about our newest sponsor distro kid distro kid distributes your music across all online platforms, They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. 
Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. A Dallas, uh, oh. from Maylene. Mm-hmm. Oh my Dude. God. And I knew about the I accident. I knew about the accident sort of, but yeah. not like I knew it was a four-wheeler accident mm-hmm. and he had a long recovery. Mm-hmm. When he started going into that story, absolutely insane. It it put me like in a, a weird spot of just like I felt so bad. But then he like just made it through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the and then the funny parts of it, like from the recovery, he was high on the medication and right. messing with the nurses. <laughs> and uh yeah, but the when he's talked about I felt really bad though, when he's talked about the little girl that found him and how she still can't talk to him or will will not meet with him because she's traumatized the rest of her life because mm-hmm. of what she saw. But she saved his life and it was out of nowhere. Like, I don't remember. How did she find him? I can't remember that. For people listening that don't haven't heard the episode and and Dallas uh, kind of four wheeler accident. He was going down a dirt road, just flying down a dirt road on his four. Like, I guess we should pause for a second because uh, not every we have musicians from cross genres that listen to this. So Dallas is in a band called Mailing and the Sons of Disaster. Fantastic band. He was the original vocalist for Under Oath. Yes. Um, and yeah, he's pretty well known in that scene. But if you're in the, you know, swampy blues uh, scene, then you also mm. listen to the show. You may not be familiar, but, but you would like Maylene. You would probably like Maylene, though, if you are. So <laughs> check, check them out. But like just for reference, that's who we're talking about. Yeah. This this four wheeler accident going down this road. He's like he's never really seen someone just drive by on this road. It's just a back in the sticks. And somehow something went wrong and he flew off the four wheeler into a stop sign or something, some kind of sign. Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to paraphrase here, remember all this, but uh, the four-wheeler went in the air and landed on his head with the peg for your foot, the metal mm-hmm. peg for your foot in his ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was basically drowning in his own blood because he was faced like his face was in and it was pooling so fast. And this little girl came by on her bike and found him and went and got help. But what she saw, he can't even imagine what she saw. Mm -hmm. And about how old was she? I don't remember, but she was younger. But to this day, I asked him because I was like, have you met with this girl to thank or she won't see me Mm -hmm. like she won't. She's still in therapy and like going through all these things. I get it. So he and the, the hard part there is that may have ruined her life to save his. So there's like all this weird guilt stuff and like mm-hmm. things, but he's such a wonderful, peaceful person and, and thoughtful. And we have some of the best conversations and just text exchanges of just love and, and uh, you know, appreciation, but what a person man to come through that. I was not prepared. I wasn't even prepared to talk about the eyes he's talked about it so much, but I've never heard those details to where it's just like, Oh, mm-hmm. like his face came off. Yeah. Like it detached from his skull. It was just free floating in there. <laughs> How you survive that. I don't understand. And then to get back on stage with Maylene, like the triumphant return mm-hmm. after that. I mean, it's, it's insane to think about. So like stuff like that happens. Like, uh, what's another one that caught me off guard? Nikki from nothing. Mm-hmm. His dad passed away. He didn't get along with his father, but his dad passed away in such a weird way. And I'm trying to remember, I, I don't want to do it injustice by not remembering it correctly, but he started laughing about it. Cause it was so absurd the way that he died <laughs> Okay, that I'm laughing. Right. And we're laughing that his dad died, but we're laughing at how his dad died. Something with a bike drunk wrecked it in a ditch and basically died in front of a school bus full of kids or something like that. Jeez, oh, It was, I need to go back and listen to it again. Cause I'm not doing it. There was another thing in there that made it so incredibly ironic and awful mm-hmm. that he just was laughing. It's just like black humor. I'm like, like, we shouldn't be laughing at this, but man, but that if is it was in a movie, crazy. you'd be laughing at it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just out of nowhere. I'm like, that that dude's got some stories. You need to have him on the podcast. Uh uh Nikki Palermo from from nothing. Amazing. So he went to prison mm-hmm. for a stabbing at a fight at a hardcore show. So he's been to prison. He's got, I mean, stories that'll just take the paint off the house. Mm -hmm. It's bonkers. But those ones are super exciting for me because we really go somewhere. I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen here. And I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's like your brakes going out in your car. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of this hill one way or the other. Yep. Yep. You don't have a choice. Well, we're going to get there. (laughs) That's right. And whatever happens, we're going to have a good story to tell afterwards. (laughs) But then I also enjoy the ones that are just upbeat and fun and happy and laughing and, and, uh, you know, it's all good stuff. It makes you realize how crazy the world is. There's a guy that, um, without getting into too much details, he's going to come on the show probably in the, 
first quarter of the year, most likely next in, in January or February. But I was talking to him yesterday and he was kind of giving me the rundown on these amps he's making. And I was like, you know, honestly, the, the best thing I can do for you, uh, these are going to be really cool. Um, but you got to come on and tell your story. That's that's the best thing that you could do mm-hmm. with me. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And we we got kind of sidetracked. And he was like, yeah, when I was working at this hot dog shop and when I was in high school, yeah, it was a wild time. You know, I would I'd, I'd become straight edge by that time. But like he was like, it was just free cocaine in the hot dog store. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> you go into work and everyone has their allotted amount of cocaine that is provided to you by the hot dog store, wherever this is. Like, like in your cubby? Like, yeah, so I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, everyone had an amount of cocaine given to them every single day. <laughs> everyone that worked there. He's like, I didn't do it at the time because I was straight edge by that point. But he's like, there was so much blow in this hot dog place. I was like, I didn't know there was enough. I didn't know there was blow money. In a in hot, hot dog, dog stand. Stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think the markup Costco's failing big time. Yeah, I guess. But I was like, well, I already know what the title for your episode's gonna be. He's like, what? I'm like, cocaine and hot dogs. Like, <laughs> that's what it's gonna be for sure. <laughs> it's like a Limp Biscuit album title, like the, <laughs> uh, or the Blow Cubby, like the. Like when you walk into like elementary school and you have your cubby right. or at a, at a job, you have your locker mm-hmm. or where you put your smock and your shirt and all that stuff. And yep. there's just a little sack of blow in there yeah. <laughs> every day, every day. Productivity must have been at all provided time by the management provided by the management. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we're talking about here, but I think any amount provided by the management <laughs> is an interesting amount. Let's just put it that way. Cocaine in the hot dog store. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that episode next year. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. How about your biggest chase for the <clears throat> the year or someone you're still chasing that has continued throughout this year? Mm. It can take years sometimes. It can take years. Or um, did you accomplish one of those this year? I haven't I haven't been chasing as much the of those top ones as like as far as like i guess quote unquote a list names necessarily i i've i've gotten the opportunity to do some pretty cool ones that i i've realized this the it sounds kind of weird to say but the ones that i get most excited about are rarely like the biggest names mm-hmm. you know um that's just not the those aren't that's not not really the music i listen to um yeah so uh Wow, the year's really kind of blurry. I've had some, I've had some cool guests on this year, but I'm like, was it this year? Or was it last year? What, a, what, a, what, what all did I do? I might have to scroll through my own feed. But what about, what about you? Um, let's see, uh, Chris Hanna from Pop- Propagandi. Yeah, took a while. Yeah, and that actually shout out to our mutual friend Dan- Daniel at DistroKid. He's the one who hooked that up after years of trying, going through the whole band, trying to get to Chris. Uh, he's like, would you want to talk, talk to Chris Hanna from Propaganda? He's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, well, let me reach out to him. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He reached out to him. And then it took another a good like six months to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But we made it happen and it was awesome. And then the other one is, uh, oh, I want to jinx it, but it's been two years now chasing this. But Jerry Cantrell from Allison Change said I know yes. You've been, I know you've been chasing that one. He said yes twice. And we're going to do it after the new year, but it's been through two now record cycles 
of trying to make this happen, but you know, we'll get there. He's Thank a guitar hero for sure. And, uh, I will wait as long as it takes, but the yes was given. And so it will happen. I'll put it in the universe, but it's supposed to be after the first of the year, um, like early next year. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Hopefully that comes to fruition. A lot of these, I'm just going back through the, my feed. I'm like, wow, all that, wow, all of that happened this year. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually quite a few. I got like Daniel from Fit for a King, uh, Devin from the Cassius Strain, uh, Joey Sturgis came on, mm-hmm. uh, Matt McJunkins, uh, Henry Cash, the Starcrawler. Uh, I'm like, wow, that all happened in 2022. Um, Hell yeah. I, in my mind, like this is kind of mixed through the years. Mm-hmm. Pete Anderson, uh, Casey from the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Love that, Casey. One, he's awesome. <laughs> one I was really excited about. And again, this is a perfect example mm-hmm. of me being really, really excited about a band that a lot of people have no idea who it is. is I got Drum's Dream on. Uh, oh, yeah. I love I'll that band. Them. Yeah. yeah. So I love that band so much. So when I saw that ask come through i was like no way <laughs> yes <laughs> like old school screamo like yeah like the legit stuff and it was so cool talking to those dudes um casey iodine and i were talking about those guys because mm-hmm. he put out the record and mm-hmm. i was like man i should have those guys on dude and it just didn't happen but it was it was wild you you really should i haven't gone through my episode list either because it's i i went through it the other day when i knew we were going to do this and i didn't pay much attention to it but there's definitely some yeah, definitely some weird ones. Like, um, and just thinking about how if you go through your list, you start scrolling through it, like you start remembering the conversation, you remember mm-hmm. how it happened. Super weird. Like, it's it's uh, super interesting. Like, a, Richard Patrick from Filter. Oh, dude, I reached yes, out to him on Instagram. Yeah. He's like, hey, sounds cool. Hit up my manager. Mm-hmm. And so I hit his manager and we made it happen. I was that like, one was really cool. That's wild. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Dominic from from Nothing, absolutely hilarious. Um, the memory drip record with Dave from Fear Before and Marshall from Teenage Wrist, oh. the Dave Marion episode that people have been asking for forever. Mm-hmm. That he just wasn't ready to do podcasts for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one was great. Um, yeah, tons of tons of great. Yeah, what a what a weird year. It is a weird year. I've got Cat from Scowl. She's great. She's oh, oh man, man. I just one. recently found I saw that episode and I was like, oh, I got I forgot I got to listen to that band. Just started listening to Scowl, which I know. Welcome to whatever year it mm-hmm. is cuz but man, they're great. What yeah. a good band. Yeah. She's so cool. Um she's awesome. Yeah. She's a great guest. So sweet. And such a like stage presence like mm-hmm. oh man they they I want to see them live so bad. Yeah. <laughs> straight up straight up or just hardcore like punk rock and hardcore and so many influences. Uh there's a very interesting interview of I don't think it was I think it was last year I did it. Keith Morris from Black Flag for the second time. Uh-huh. I think it was last year. Such a good dude. I love him very much, but he did an interview with Scowl with Cat from Scowl, and they mm-hmm. sat him down together on YouTube. And he talked the entire time. I think she said like, "Uh huh," and "Hi." I think that's all she got to say. <laughs> that sounds like Keith Morris. And he just went off about so many things and just overtook the whole interview. That's the first time I've had him on. First time I had him on, I said maybe three words. He's like, so what are we going to talk about today, dude? Uh, I guess I'm wearing some magenta pink underwear and 
blah, blah. And, and if I was president, I'd do this. And just so I start going <laughs> off. I'm trying to reel them in. Like I had all these notes because that was back when I did notes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not getting any of these. And I just let them go. All right, man, it's been cool. See you. So when I came back on, I was like, oh, God, what's this going to be like? And it was we had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Each of us spoke like it was very back and forth. And uh, anyway, yeah, Keith Moore is awesome. Cat cat uh, is awesome as well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really great bands coming out that are really throwing back to hearkening back to like older stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. And not like the weird hipster Everyone wants to sound like Led Zeppelin or I only listen to this classic rock station or, you know, that kind of stuff. But like straight up, like early punk days, which is so weird now because the world's so different. Right. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not as different as I think. But it's just there's so much more access to things that those guys didn't have. Yes. Like they were just ferocious and angry and poor and. And, you know, booking shows over the phone, like no internet, no nothing. Like you heard about a band because they had a name going for themselves, not they looked cool on the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me how things can still grow organically with that much um, static and noise to sift through. What's what's amazing to me is, you know, coming from the scenes that we come from, Mm -hmm. And they were big when we were kids, but seeing what has happened, like, and I've referenced this 5 million times on the podcast because it still blows my mind, but to see somebody like Lorna Shore mm-hmm. or even Knocked Loose get as and Code Orange to play that kind of music and get as big as these bands have gotten. Mm-hmm. Lorna Shore is the particular one because I feel like that's probably the most extreme popular band now it's like and popular is i guess relative you know it's not like taylor swift but yeah. like they have shown incredible levels of success that mm-hmm. i don't think anybody would ever ever expect to happen in like a deathcore band yeah. and still sticking to that like bring me the horizon had some of that but they really changed their, their i mean i'm not criticizing it. it's not my thing but like they really changed their sound a mm-hmm. lot on the way to getting there. But Lorna Shore just got like more extreme. Mm-hmm. They just, the more extreme they got, the bigger they got, which is yeah. co- completely counterintuitive. And I think that speaks to, you know, again, like when this music started, it wasn't, nobody was in it because they thought they were going to be successful, but they just couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. They just had to do it. And now that's resonated with enough people that people can be successful. I mean, Spirit Box and another great example, not as, as as extreme, but still pretty heavy. And all of a sudden they have a song with Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this world that we are living in? This doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like, what? I oh. Spirit Box is incredible. When I had Courtney on, it was way back. They had like 8,000 listeners maybe on Spotify. It came on randomly. I was having, I believe I was having Tatiana from Ginger on and I was listening to Ginger at work on Spotify mm-hmm. and it randomly switched to, to spirit box. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this isn't Mike's Ginger. actually somebody who I've been trying to get. So that's, that's, Dude. that's one on the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, but it's weird. It's funny because now they're in the machine, like full on. Yeah. Because so I hit her up on her, like personally, it was just on the website 
like, hey, you want to do this podcast? She's like, yeah, it sounds cool. I've got this, you know, friend's wedding this weekend. We could do it this day or whatever. And uh, cool. Call her up. We do the episode. It's awesome. And now to even try and get an interview with any of them at this point, there's so many moving parts and managers and everything else. It's so funny that you can go from like a year earlier, hotmail.com or whatever, like blah, 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 (laughs) to all right, seven managers and publicists and everything else. Like, can we do like a, you know, well, very limited this, very limited that. Understood. You know, uh, send a text. Like, it usually just goes unread or whatever, because there's just so many. I can't imagine the amount of requests that band gets for press. Yeah. I hate that word, press. Um, But it's just funny how that how that works out, because that's one of the ones that was just like, oh, oh my God, like it just they exploded. Mm -hmm. Absolutely exploded. And um, they just kind of have to go where they go now. And it's it's uh, a weird spot to be in. It's I think it's again, it kind of speaks to like it's just gotten so much. There's there's not really. um, these divisions anymore. I mean, again, when I was saying like they did a song with Megan Thee Stallion, that's so crazy, mm-hmm. but like, I just don't think it matters anymore. I don't think your genre really dictates anything about the level of success mm-hmm. that you might be able to have the way you used to. Mm-hmm. And so seeing things like that happen. And then also, I mean, it's a weird experience to just like a few years ago. I mean, it's, it sounds even weird to say out loud, because it's so strange, but like going from Frank from my chem bought a collab pedal that I did. That's how we got in contact because mm-hmm. I saw his name come through and the, the dude that I was doing it with is named Ed at rod iron effects and great guy. And I was like, Ed, do you know who that is? He's like, no, I'm like, dude, that's one of the guitar players in my chemical romance or at, they were on hiatus at mm-hmm. the time. And so I met Frank through that. He came on the podcast very early on. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, it was several years ago. Mm-hmm. And when and the, this is where I wanted to mention this when you're talking about Jeff Rickley. First time I briefly met him. We haven't like officially met just kind of like, hey, how's it going? You know, have a nice day type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was playing my Benson Vincent for Frank in the wonder ballroom. Cause he just wanted me to bring a bunch of pedals and nerd out. I brought grandpa's Les Paul jr. My Benson Vincent and like a box full of pedals. And we just went and like nerded out for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And Jeff was sitting on the floor reading a book while we were like tone nerding. out. <laughs> and it was just like, the, I, and that was one of those ones where I was like, what is my life turning into in a good way? Because mm-hmm. I just got back from Nam, which was mind bending enough. And it felt this feels weird to say, too. I had an opportunity to go interview Tepe. Mm -hmm. They were playing two hours away. And I was like this. I'd never spoken to him before that. I was like, man, I my favorite band. I really want to go interview Mm -hmm. him, but I am exhausted. My family hasn't seen me. And Frank wants me to go to the wonder to do some tone nerdery. I'm like. In what world am I torn between going to interview thrice, <laughs> going to hang out with Frank, uh-huh. but not feeling like I should do either of those things? Because I was just away out of a huge trade show for like three. It sounds so bizarre. I'm like, what does mm-hmm. everything turn into? Anyway, all that to say is like fast forwarding to now when my wife and I went to the My Chem show here mm-hmm. and seeing that band 
fill a stadium to the brim. Now they deserve it, mm-hmm. every bit of it. But back when they, even when they quit the first time, never would have imagined they were going to be a stadium band at that point. Yeah. Literally like filling stadiums like Metallica or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Mike and Little Romance filling up a stadium. This yeah. is bonkers. It's bonkers what everything's turned into. Dude, they opened for us. I <laughs> They opened I for know. us. That's what they, I was hoping this was going to get to. <laughs> they, opened, they opened for us twice. You're, yeah. What a weird world. Which, uh, who's to say a band doesn't open for somebody ever? You're right. But they opened for us. I was like, what? Even then, it was like, this band's really popular. Like, they're getting really popular. It was the mm-hmm. first record came out, and it was like, this band's getting some buzz. But we were still already there, and they were hopping on shows and stuff, so they would open. I was mm-hmm. like, this is super strange. And uh, I never met Frank. Was this with Portugal or Anatomy? This is with Anatomy Ghost. Uh, that's what I was yeah, thinking, I, yeah. I never met Frank. Uh, I met Ray a bunch of times. Gerard and I would talk every every day when we, we, we'd be playing. Not, not, I'm, not every day. What I'm trying to get at is the tour that they were on after the first time they opened for us was with Avenged Sevenfold. Okay. And we were playing the <laughs> same towns every day. So the clubs are close. So we go down and see them and Gerard and I would talk about whatever. And then, uh, that's the one, <laughs> that's the one place if cookies listening to this, uh, coming from an avenue of ghosts to starting a new band with the burning room with cookie. Mm-hmm. I don't think he bought all the stories I was telling about stuff that had happened or people we had run into or friends of ours or whatever. I don't think he fully understood, not understood, but I don't think he always bought it. He thought it was kind of bullshit. Okay. Was, excuse me. <laughs> I did it. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Um, but when we did Warp Tour, it was just one date of Warp Tour we were doing with Burning Room. And out of nowhere, Gerard comes over and he's like, Dewey, what's up? He has bulletproof vest on and stuff. <laughs> and Cookie's just like, what? And I was like, dude, I told you, like, it, these people are great people. Like, they just, it's, it's not like, hey, I know so-and-so. It's not that kind of thing. It's like, no, this is someone that we played a lot with that blew up, mm-hmm. you know, like Chris Schiffler from the Foo Fighters. Like I'm sure he's a lot of punk friends from no use days. Oh, that yeah. are like, Oh yeah. I know the guy in Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Hey man, what's up? You know, like, so that was one of those funny moments where it's just kind of jaw dropped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I told, I, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think Wait, he no. finally understood that. Is and that like, one okay, that cool. happened this year? Or was that last year? That was last year. Okay, never mind. I was like, Shiflet's been on, so yeah. I was trying to think, when did that happen? No, that was last That's year. another one mm-hmm. I almost had, and then it got pushed off, and I was just like, yeah. He'll do it. It, 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 it. And I, he's awesome. He was one that took a few years, but like yeah. eventually it popped up again. It was like, yeah. you'll. I'm a little bit jealous of him. Not just because he, yeah, not just because he plays in the Foo Fighters, but as a podcaster. Oh, geez. Because he plays in the Foo Fighters. Uh-huh. He's getting to have Alex Lifeson from Rush on. He's getting to have like uh-huh. Brad Paisley and you know, like these top, top guitarists. Yeah. Merle like, Haggard. Yeah. Before he died. That was, I've listened to that interview. I don't know how many times. Really? I, yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably 10 times. I'm a huge fan of Merle Haggard. Uh-huh. And so like that was, I, I told my dad, like, you've got to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You've got to listen to this interview with Merle Haggard. This is like, I think the last interview that he did. And it's like a sit down 
thing like what we do. Yeah. It's so good. And Chris did such a good job on it. And it's such a good episode. Everyone who's listening to this, go look up Walking the Floor. That's Chris Shivlitz podcast. Mm-hmm. And go listen to the episode with Merle Haggard. It's so freaking good. And the Mike Ness one he and did. The Mike Ness incredible. One. Yes. He's very good. He doesn't, he says he's not. Like I told him when we were recording, like your your podcast is incredible. And he's mm-hmm. like, ah, it's, it's okay. I'm like, no, you do really yeah. well. He's just a dude, but yeah. he's so good at it. He's very good at like. He's a good he'll, listener. He listens and he grabs the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pulls it like he's just he's really good at it yeah, yeah. I, and i i got to, lucky to talk to him twice and it was kind of funny because he came on chasing tone mm-hmm. which we don't normally do interviews on that show but we're like chris shiflett yeah we're mm-hmm. gonna do this one of sure. course we had a great talk a few weeks later i'm at the string joy factory and i'm like hey I got to, you got to, Scott, you have to leave your office for a while because I'm doing this interview with Chris Shifflin. He's like, oh, fine. And I pop up on screen and I told the management, like, let him know it's me doing my show now. So I pop up and he's like, oh, I know you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you this. send him some strings? I, I tried to. Um, again, They're talk- so deeply sponsored by probably Ernie He was Ball into it. He was into it because yeah. um, he was asking me questions like while I was sitting there, oh, what, what do you mean you're making strings? Yeah, we're, I don't know if you can hear that machine or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's like, yeah, get with my management. And you know how that mm-hmm. you know how that cookie crumbles sometimes. It's it, I did, but it, it didn't does go. Does he have and not to put you on the spot here? Does he does that record of his have him like jumping with a guitar on the cover of it? Which one? Chris Shifflett's new, new, the new one? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. pretty like. It's very country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was shocked when I saw the car. I was like, that's the cover. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I was like, I really like this guy, but man, I would not buy this record if I just was flipping through it. I'd be like, yep, next. Not that art has that much to do with it, but man, I was, I was shocked. Though. Well, thinking back to, you know, the pre streaming days, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of how you. Bought yeah. records. I mean, most of my record buying was, or not, I still buy records, but most of my record searching was done through the pretty advantageous area of like the stores I would go to had little scanners you mm-hmm. could listen to. So it wasn't totally. Ozone records. Yeah. But the first thing you see is the, the album art. Yeah. And that's what makes you grab it or not when you've never heard of a band mm-hmm. before. But I guess things are just different now. Yeah. There's a bunch of albums came out this, like, this year that were weird. I can't, I can't remember if it's the Japanese house or Japanese breakfast, but the cover is like a little thing with like someone took a pen and just circled it and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is, wow. Okay. Cause the band's great. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one of those it is, but they're covered literally just that as like a circle, like a red pen circle, like a ballpoint pen mm-hmm. circling like a little picture or something. That's it. I, I was just watching the other, literally yesterday because I just saw from Autumn Dashes wrapped up a, a tour and they're one of my favorite what? bands. Yeah. From that era. They didn't tour like wow. big, like they did it pretty local to wherever they were at or it was, it was small, but it didn't come here. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. But I love that band. Love that band. And uh, so I went back and, and was just watching some of their old videos. And I think it's the last video they did for pioneers. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, videos used to be, like so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Not that this is like an, this video is like an unattainable, like, oh, they had rockets and explosions and, you know, Michael Bay's type things going on, you know, <laughs> it just take, it was just in a machine shop. But yeah. the way they did it, it told like a creepy story 
And I was like, why don't we do get videos like this anymore? These were, I sound like such an old man right now. Back in my day, we that's, had real music videos. That's the band with the singing drummer, right? Yes. Yes. I've seen them play probably twice. We always got compared to them. And any kind of streaming service has Mountain Dashes on it. Or the Kinnison or uh, uh, who else? First to last. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a high voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, so they had the, from Autumn Nashes had the main vocalist for several years. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but he had more of a deep, like growl mm-hmm. type scream. And then the drummer had the higher voice, Francis. Yeah. Their last record, it was just Francis. He's the singer. Uh, yes. So he he was drumming and singing and he may have played drums on the recording. But like okay. when they started touring afterwards, he was just the singer. Now. Same thing Atreyu did. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, actually. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's the same thing. Atreyu I'm talking did. to Travis tomorrow. Are Atreyu, you? Yeah. Nice. Second time. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I love those guys. They're awesome. I. Uh, but yeah, the drummer becoming the singer. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandon's voice. Crazy. Yeah. Come on. Get out of town. That yeah. guy has got pipes for days. He does. He's a great drummer, too. Or is a great drummer, I'm sure. He's and I love that he's a bigger dude mm-hmm. fronting a band mm-hmm. and just lets it go. Like, there's, I love that about him. Yeah. Because I, re- I was hanging out with those guys at the uh, uh, Moda Center when they came through on that Trinity of Terror tour. And I was back to with Travis and Porter talking. It's the first time I met Brandon. And he's a little shorter than I am, but not by much. Oh, we're like both like huge like dudes. Dude. Yeah. And I watched him walk out on stage and just his confidence, whatever. Usually like guys my size are kind of like timid that way or don't want to be the guy in the front. And he just owns it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's great. And uh, yeah, they're so good with the lineup they have right now. And uh, yeah, putting out some some solid material. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Travis is a sweetheart and so is Porter. And, and uh, I don't know the other guys at all. Um, Porter and I have some good conversations and same with Travis and uh, yeah. So I'm stoked for that one tomorrow. And then um, that one might be the last episode of the year. I don't know when this one's coming out, but um, I'll probably put this one out. I have to look at the calendar. This will be the next one that comes out though. Okay. That wouldn't make any sense. I have more in the can, Yeah, but let's Let's do wrap up. Let's, let's wrap it up. Let's actually wrap it up. You know? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, with that in mind, uh, well, we're, we've crested the hour mark. Yeah. And uh, you want to do a little for Patreon? Sure. Cool. Uh, do you have anything you would like to leave the people with? Pineapple on pizza is awesome. No, it's not. I love it. Come on, Dewey. I just had a uh, uh, Hawaiian slice of pizza the other day, and I was thinking, I think about you every time I take a bite. <laughs> not every bite, but the first bite, I'm like, Blake, so good. <sighs> um, and as I see it everywhere now. Pineapple mm-hmm. on pizza, people saying, and they're like, no, like sitcoms, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like pineapple on pizza. I never knew it was a thing until I met you. And I, I love it. I, it's, this is a thing. And this is the most Portland thing mm-hmm. that I'll ever say. I didn't like it before it was cool. Okay. <laughs> you were the original <laughs> hater. Go back to 2015. Woo! 2015, I'm asking these questions and I'm talking about pineapple on pizza. Uh, I'm like, no, no, no. And then it was right about that time. That's when the internet grabbed it. And and then people started accusing me, like, you just say you don't like it because you somebody on the internet told you. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I hated it because I bit it once as a kid and went, ew, that's gross. And then that's it. I don't get me wrong. I bit it more than once. Okay. So I was gonna say I did that with green bean casserole. And said, ew, and now I could eat it every day. I've actually done that with, I can't do it with a green bean casserole, but 
But I've done that with a lot of things as a kid that I didn't like that I love now. Mm-hmm. Onions, sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the big ones. Um, mm, I'm trying to think of the, the those are the ones that I was like, I will never like either of these things ever. And now I just could I could just eat it like an apple, you know, but there's more. I would have to think of it a little harder. I just want to carry around pineapple stickers. So if I'm ever in a music store and see one of your slice of pie pedals, I can stick it on there and take a picture and send it to you because it does. Or I would pay money to have it modded to have a pineapple setting on it, a pineapple like the setting. dole knob or something like that. The Maui knob. But dude, so good. I, I love it so much. Somebody sent me the other just the other day. They sent me a picture of a pizza that had. Now, I love jalapenos, so this wasn't a problem for me, but it had jalapenos and pineapples on a white sauce pizza. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I didn't know that it could. I like white sauce pizzas. Uh-huh. I do, too. But not not with pineapples. Mm-hmm. I, I would if I have to eat pineapple on pizza, I, which I would avoid. But if I had to, for some reason, like somebody's like, we have your family here hostage and you must eat this pizza. Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> I will find them. But you have to eat this pineapple. I'm like, oh, OK, I'll eat it. But it, at least give it to me on the red sauce pizza. I don't know if I could do the white sauce pizza. Will you eat pineapple? No. On its own? No. You just don't like pineapple? I don't like pineapple. Oh, well, that's different. I thought you just didn't like it on pizza. No, I don't like you pineapple. You just don't like pineapple. I don't like pineapple. The only Pineapple time, pepperoni pizza is also awesome. People love it. I don't like pineapple. Sweet and It's salty. a weird... I, and it's not that I don't like sweet. I love like a hot honey on a pepperoni mm-hmm. pizza sometime. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't like the flavor or the texture of a pineapple. There's only... One place where I understand you have to have pineapple to make it work. And I'm, and I do love this meat. I love al pastor uh-huh. and you got to cook it with pineapple. To yes, make you it do. work. Yeah, there's no other way. There is not, but I don't want the taco to have the pineapple chunks in it. I just want the meat, take the pineapple chunks, keep them, keep them out of there. It's like biting into a wet sock. Yeah. The texture, mm-hmm. but it's the flavor so good. It's not though. And you can't quite get through all the, the ribbons in there and mm-hmm. stuff. And you just have to swallow it. <laughs> That's good. That wraps up the 2023. You just got to swallow it. <laughs> you got it. You have to. Pluck your nose and swallow it. <laughs> Enjoy the pineapple, I guess. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to do it. All right, everybody. For Dewey, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that chat with my good buddy, Blake Weiland. We are network mates, podcasters, friends, uh, the third year in a row. Um, I love catching up with Blake and having a good time with him. He's got an amazing studio called The Shred Shed, and that's where he does all his YouTube videos, gear demos, podcasts, everything. He built this amazing studio in his backyard. It's its own building. It's its own entity. It's warm. It's, it's got amazing wood paneling on the walls. That it's just It's really rustic. It's really a good, good place. And like we talked about in the episode, I had recorded the Adrian Young from No Doubt episode there when I was without a studio, and Blake always steps up and, and gives me a hand. So uh, cheers to him. Cheers to a new year. Hopefully you guys are enjoying um, January, the end of the fourth quarter, not being around the Christmas stress and holiday stress. This is where everything kind of levels out for a minute, and everyone kind of gets pretty depressed if they weren't already depressed during Christmas. And uh, so hopefully you guys are coming out of that and and seeing the bright side uh, on the other side of things. I'm getting a year started. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I got lots to do, lots more episodes to do as we approach this. uh, Well, we're already into it this new year. 
Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for, for being a part of this thing for seven and a half years. Really crazy to think about. Um, you know, we're in the 350 episode range. It's crazy. So anyways, thank you guys so much. Give us a rating and review. Do something kind for somebody uh, and have a great, great week. As always, we'll see you on the radio. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.